0: Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds, Lawrence. And welcome to Gotham City Limits, the premier podcast about all things Batman. He is vengeance. He is the night. I'm Em. and that's Autumn. Hi. We're here to talk about some goddamn Batman. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> um, how how was your trip? We haven't talked in. I was I was listening to one of your other podcasts, listening to Expert Audio. And I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. I got really used to talking to Autumn every week. It was sad <laughs> to not talk to you every week. It, like we t- we send messages all the time, but it's not the same thing.
1: Yeah, it's not the same thing. I'm good. Uh trip was good. I read a bunch of comics, but not very many of them were Batman, and the ones that I did read were just like, oh, that was a good issue. You know, so Yeah. Not a I, lot of like Batman stuff.
0: I I went all in on a uh DC Universe Ultimate subscription. Mm-hmm. Um in that I got one. <laughs> and then I read <laughs> I read maybe like six issues of Batman, like spread across like two decades, like from the the 50s to the 70s. And I'm, I was looking for the period where Batman became cool. It wasn't just, that isn't just read the strange apparition stuff. Cause I, I've, I've read that before and I, I'd like to revisit mm-hmm. it at some point. But when they re-released that as a book, like 15 years ago, or whatever, I picked that up. Um, but, um. I was like because I there's like the new look Batman when they added the like yellow circle and that's like right before it's like before right after the show premiered. But the, the comics right are after. still very yeah, they're still really like silver agey. They're not mm-hmm. they're not doing what I want it to do. And I feel like there's probably a period where it starts going that way right before the stuff that everyone thinks is cool. I can't imagine it that stuff just bursts on the scene fully formed. That would be crazy. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Who knows? I,
1: yeah, because I've been also I guess like I have been kind of listlessly like bouncing back and forth between like trying to figure out cuz I want to read some Batman comics and I just haven't like landed on anything yet and I was um uh so to, issue 232 is the first um of Batman
0: or uh Detective of Batman. Okay cuz um, I've been I've first... been reading Detective specifically.
1: Okay. Okay. Issue two thirty-two is the first Razal Ghoul story, which is the first like um, Adams and O'Neill like collaboration. And so I was like going back, like, oh, let me check two twenty-five. Okay, two twenty-five is still like detect like detective stuff, dark and gritty. Like Irv Novik is like the artist who has a similar like um, style. I haven't found out like. I yeah, I also can't figure out quite when the changeover happens.
0: Between the two of us, we are going to pinpoint the exact month both books switch over to being cool Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: gotta be like, it's gotta be after the show ends. That's all I can. Oh yeah, figure yeah. Out, yeah you know,
0: <laughs> um, um, it's weird because like I know the 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 popularity of the show doesn't seem like at least like glancing through did not seem like it changed the comics that much for me. Um, no. Other, than, no, other it, than Batgirl showed up, and I'm pretty sure Batgirl started... Like, this version of Batgirl started because of the show. I could be wrong. I am I am talking out of my ass here. I think that's true. Yeah. But, like... So, like, Batman
1: 232 is um, June 1971. So, there's, like, a five-year window where, like, something's got to change. And I just don't know quite, like, what it
0: is. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I'm googling I, the stupidest I, possible thing. When did Batman become cool? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm kind of thinking about. So I was thinking about like just starting with issue two thirty two and like moving forward, and then like if I saw ads for like, hey, you should pick up this other Batman series and like find out about this event, like just like reading some of those too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, I'm impatient. <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, but this this issue is boring. Let me skip through this issue. And then I'm like, well, I should just be reading like, you know, um, a self-contained story, I feel like. But I haven't found any like I haven't like hit on any like self-contained stories that I want to read either. So I don't know. I'm just. I just mm-hmm. have hyperfixation brain,
0: you know. This I found a core <laughs> answer that suggests that in 69 is when this turn starts um and then O'Neil and Adams work together in uh, January of 70 at Detective mm-hmm. 395. Okay. Um, and then we get all the way, it, it's October 1974 in Batman 258 when Arkham Asylum's introduced, which seems wild, because I just always assumed it was always around.
1: Yeah, I assumed that Arkham Asylum had just always been there. That's weird. Yeah. Huh. Like, you, you could have told me it was in, like, the, you know, the 30th issue of Detective Comics, and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. You know. But, yeah. um... DC Universe Unlimited seems pretty good. You've had the problem where you're running into bad digital recolor releases.
1: Yeah, a lot of um, Neil Adams went through and had a lot of his older stuff recolored, Mm -hmm. and um, that is unfortunately, like, the best, like, highest quality, like, versions of stuff that's out there, which means that if you, like, go and, like, try to read anything that he drew, like, it's all these, like, ugly fucking recolors. (laughs) That are in DC Universe. So I went to uh, a comics piracy website and I typed in Batman. Um, and I just went until I saw, you know, like issue one to issue 713 and all the annuals and stuff. And I
0: just downloaded a torrent. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the stuff <laughs> I was reading, at least in uh, DCU, seemed pretty good about that. But it was before this stuff had really popped off. So Okay. Like um, so the older stuff, I think they're just scanning what they got and, you know. Um, yeah i don't know if i i don't know if my like distaste for digital coloring is enough to get over my equal distaste for trying to manage a downloaded comics collection because i hate (laughs) it i used to be this person and it just became like a way to like hyper fixate on stuff in a way that i found very unhelpful because i didn't read anything i just gathered thousands and thousands of comics
1: oh i've definitely i've been in that phase a little bit this week and i'm i'm trying to manage it as best i can i've been Mm -hmm. like giving myself a rule of like okay before I can download another series, I have to read like two more volumes of Berserk or something, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah. Um,.
0: So. anyway we should probably talk about the thing we're gonna talk about because it's probably gonna take a bit um yeah we watched batman 1989 the film maybe you've heard of it directed by tim burton <laughs> uh screenplay starring by michael S- keaton sam ham and warren Scarin. uh yeah starring michael keaton jack nicholson kim basinger robert wool pat hingle billy d williams michael go jack Pal- palance uh jack palance being poorly utilized i feel like in this movie but whatever (laughs) um i don't know i don't remember a world where this movie didn't exist and wasn't a big deal uh i was too young for batmania to be like a thing i was aware of happening but this movie was a huge blockbuster um Ushered in the 90s of cinema, I feel like, in a lot of ways. Uh, Yeah, this
1: really feels like the changeover
0: from the 80s to the 90s. Yeah. Uh, Would you like to give a five-sentence summary of Batman 1989?
1: Oh, Christ, I forgot (laughs) this is the thing. Let me take a little (laughs) sip of water.
0: All right. Fuck. (sighs) Fuck.
1: Oh, how the fuck do I start this? Oh, God. Because I watched 30 minutes of this movie last night, and then I watched the rest of it today. Okay. Batman is a... No, no, I'm taking another run of I'm taking... (laughs) Jesus Christ. This, This movie is, like, overstuffed, and also nothing happens, so it's weird. Um... There is a new costumed superhero in Gotham, uh, Batman, and he is being investigated by uh, reporters for the Gotham Times, uh, Alexander Knox and Vicky Vale. Wow, that's um, a sentence.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> one. Wasted
1: a, I wasted a <laughs> sentence on that. That's one. Two. Um, Gotham is consumed by uh like quote unquote gangland violence uh and Jack Napier is like one of the guys responsible for this. He is the sort of enforcer for this guy named Grissom um and he is uh you know fooling around with Grissom's wife, uh so Grissom tries to have him killed <laughs> <laughs> sentence three, yep. Um, in the attempt to have Grissom killed, um, Batman accidentally knocks, uh, er, in Grissom's attempt to have Jack Napier killed, Batman accidentally knocks Napier into a big vat of chemicals and he becomes the Joker. Uh, sentence four. Bruce Wayne and um, Vicky Vale begin a, like, romance in stops and starts because he feels he can't tell her that he's Batman. Um, Meanwhile, the Joker is menacing Gotham City and specifically is, like, trying to woo slash kidnap slash use Vicky Vale. Sentence five, uh, Joker's reign of terror, um, hits its peak at the big bicentennial festival for Gotham, uh, where he attempts to, like, gas the whole town, um, but Batman stops him and throws him off of, uh, Bell Tower, (laughs) and saves the day, (laughs) that was a really bad summary, I'm sorry, (laughs)
0: Well, by the end of this, maybe you will be good at these. He has some time <laughs> off. You Gotta shake the rust out. That's Batman. That's that's the plot of the movie Batman.
1: When we do Batman Returns, I'm gonna just write it down. Okay, you could totally do that. I think that's <laughs> cheating, but you know what? Do what you want. <laughs> yeah, for the for the ep- for the regular episodes, I'm gonna just keep improvising it. I think when we get to Batman Returns, I I'm going to not like work myself into a sweat trying to perfectly summarize this on the
0: spot. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, this movie's mid. I disagree. I think it's pretty good. I I think I think it has to be perceived in context for that to really be mm-hmm. true, but I think that in context of when it came out and what it's trying to do, it's got so much going on that like Batman Returns is a better movie, like, straight up. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to pretend it's not. But I think this movie's going for things that Returns would never reach for in terms of, like, mashing together the, like... Batman is noir hero, plus huge gothic city, plus like Joker exists in this weird, like 80s high fashion, like gangster world. That is like, it's the most interesting part of this because it's the one that feels like maybe the thing that Burton would be most like inclined to, but it's so little time is spent on it. Um, and he just kind of brushes through, but you go to like Grissom's huge penthouse, which has like a mural across the entire wall and Mm -hmm. like these really stark furniture pieces that are. Framed really like like straight onto camera and it just feels like 80s fashion comics in a way that is like yeah. really surprising to me and I, that's the thing i didn't remember about this movie uh, revisiting it
1: so when i say this movie's mid i mean like the pacing is a bit off and it's got a little too much jack nicholson a little too little michael keaton for me yes yes but that's like sure. it is a wildly ambitious film that is like trying to do a hundred million things. And I definitely like, I have a love and respect for it. Like I de- like I don't always love it. Cause it's been a couple years since I've seen this. I don't love like sitting down and watching this movie, but there are like so many images and sequences that are just like buried in my brain that like thinking about this movie is great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, Cause yeah, I think like, it really is trying to like bridge the gap between like the sort of like 80s, like Alan Moore, Frank Miller stuff. And, um, like there's, uh, there is more like Batman 66 type stuff in this movie that I remember. Um, there is just like a goofiness and a lightness that I just absolutely forgot about. Um, and I think it really works. I think it's like, um the movie is at its best when like you know um
0: joker's mime henchmen are running around
1: <laughs> you know um
0: i think i think the thing the part of this that i actually really liked is the i i really like the bruce and vicky Vale stuff i think that's like really interesting yes. good uh these movies will continue to struggle with like trying to give bruce wayne a like life given that they You know, trade out romantic interests every movie like it's a Bond film series, even though it's not. They could just do this. (laughs) They could just let him have someone in his life, and it'd be interesting. But we're not here for that uh, at this point in movie history. Um, Mm. And this this conception of like Bruce Wayne existing as like this eccentric that is covering for a bunch of like baggage versus the Joker, who is someone who's like using eccentricity an excess of the era of like the late eighties as like a vehicle for some sort of like deranged art statement, which is not a characterization. I like attribute to the Joker, but that's all no. like his whole motivation of this movie in a way that's really weird and interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, like I think, I don't think Nicholson is doing a bad job. Like I think he's a good Joker and I think it's like an interesting, unique like way of doing the character I just, like, uh, Michael Keaton is such a goddamned weirdo in this movie, and yeah. I just wanted him on screen, like, at all times. I wanted, to, <laughs> I always want to hang out with his Bruce Wayne, like, in, yeah.
0: like I just think he's, like, fascinating. <laughs> the thing about Nicholson is, and that made this very odd, like, I understood why it is the way it is, is that the studio had wanted Nicholson to play the Joker since the early 80s, and it's 1989 now.
1: Oh, okay. I did not know that. That's weird. Yes.
0: Like they had they had like tons of people try out to be uh Bruce Wayne, but uh it was specific, like the studio was always pushing for Nicholson as the Joker. Um and Dewey a uh, Jack Nicholson that is nine years younger being the Joker makes way more sense to me than the Jack Nicholson we get in this movie.
1: I definitely remember like the first time I because I saw this movie when I was like very little I remember the first time when I was like saw this movie as a teen and I was like aware of who Jack Nicholson is. I was like, this is like weirdly late to be getting Nicholson for this role. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, there's so much of this movie that is like, could only happen in 1989, it feels like. Where like, mm. um, you get Billy D. Williams like showing up and just like
0: reading lines in like not really caring about this role at all. Um I'm so sad we never got Billy D. Williams uh two face. It would have been amazing. <laughs> I know. Like it's just um
1: there's there is something so specifically like the 80s are coming to an end about this movie that is like mm-hmm. hard to describe, but uh it's it's fun. It makes the movie a lot of fun, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think Keaton really is like the, the thing that grounds me because everyone else is super hammy. Uh, Kim Basinger, mm-hmm. not so much, but like Robert Vole is like a cartoon man this entire movie. Uh, Jack Nicholson's overacting in the extreme. Um, like I think, uh, Michael Goh is, uh, Alfred is always good, but I don't like this. I don't like this, uh, Commissioner Gordon. He's going to stink up all four of these movies. It's this is that Gordon feels like it's straight out of the sixties show in a way that I don't like. That's not what I want yeah. out of my Gordon. Um, no. So that stuff's like kind of wasted. And so you get everyone kind of overacting and being ridiculous and Michael Keaton existing in like an extreme eccentricity, but it's about a character who's very quiet and very internal and it just Mm -hmm. really works. I love Michael Keaton in this movie.
1: Yeah, it's not like, it's not a direction that I've seen anyone take Bruce Wayne in, in like any movie or show or comic because he's just, yeah, he is like, Clearly, on some level, this, like, very quiet kid who is still upset about something, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, the scene where, like, you first see him, and he's like, oh, I'm not Bruce Wayne. And then he just shows up, and, like, he's like, oh, I guess I am Bruce Wayne. And there's no, like, punchline to it. It was just him being kind of weird and awkward, you know? Yeah, he's he's
0: just too impressed by the lady to understand what she was asking him in the moment. (laughs) (laughs) To me, Bruce Wayne in all the modern incarnations is like a character defined by like this superhuman self-control and like the ability Mm. to inflict his will upon the world. And that is not who Michael Keaton is playing in this movie. No,
1: no, he's not the sort of like hyper competent guy who like in like Kevin Conroy can like just, you know. Kevin Conroy's Batman can like just turn it on And just be the smooth talking Bruce Wayne Like billionaire and then just like You know but that
0: Bruce Wayne feels like a front In the way that this doesn't to me
1: Yeah like this Like Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne Just like Doesn't always it doesn't seems like He doesn't always know what's going on Or is like thinking about Something and like won't tell you What he's thinking about it's it's good (laughs) Um, and I just, I wish he was in more of the movie. It, I felt like, it felt like you, there were so many parts of the movie where it's just like a Joker scene and then a cut to another establishing shot where you get like, you know, you get like 30 seconds of Vic, Vicki Vale doing something, um, with Robert Vole and then it's back to Jack Nicholson's Joker and it's just like, oh, come on, <laughs> you know, um, I think, ja- uh, think Vicky Vale is really good in this movie. I think Kim Bassinger is really good as her, um... Like,
0: yeah. It's weird because she comes in and Robert Vole is like an ambulance chaser, kind of like, you know, he's like a, um, like a Freddie Lowndes kind of character if you've seen Mm -hmm. Um, like he's 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 chasing a thing everyone thinks is like a a myth and like making fun of him whatever like there's that there's that pinstripe suit version of like a a human bat that they draw it's like ah this is what (laughs) your guy looks like right Um, and she comes in off of like photographing like war atrocities she's like I'm here to see the Batman just like totally here for it she is ready for the idea of a man dressing up like a bat in a city Um, and the movie doesn't actually spend a lot of time talking about that at all No, no,
1: because, like, it's just, like, it's sort of a contrivance, and then, like, the moment that she meets Bruce Wayne, like, that's her motivation, and, so, like, the other stuff is just, like,
0: kind of abandoned. <laughs> the stuff that here that's, like, Im- important to recognize is, like, Alfred letting her into the Batcave and, uh, like, some of the stuff towards the end, like, going up in the Belfry were rewrites done by Tim Burton because there was a writer strike going on. Hmm. And so if the back half of this movie kind of dissolving into like things that don't make a lot of sense, like a lot more sense. Do you realize that there was no writer involved? It's just Tim Burton going, well, this is what we got. we got to smash these things together. Um, okay. Cause there's no reason for her to be let in like Alfred to do this. Why? What's their relate? Like, what is the focus of their relationship? Other than they like are two people who are attracted to each other. That stuff's not built on. It doesn't have the time. And it doesn't go into her being like obsessed with the idea of Batman, the way that like, when we come back to Batman forever, uh, Nicole Kidman's character is like, her whole thing is that she's a psychiatrist who is like fixated on the idea of Batman as like attraction mixed with like professional curiosity that drives her. You could totally do that with Vicki Vale, but they don't touch that after the first scene.
1: Well, and like it's also weird because, like, um, I don't remember when the Christopher Reeves Superman movie came out, certainly seventies 70s, seventies, like, 70s. yeah, I knew it was like seventy five or something, um, but like, like you could like. <laughs> You could use the Lois Lane in that movie as a blueprint. Like, and,
0: and She's, she's one of the best just... parts of that movie, so yes, you should, in fact, yeah. do
1: that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, like, super high on those movies, but, like, um, Clark and Lois in those movies are yeah. so fucking good. And, like, you can absolutely just, like, take that dynamic and put that in this movie. But this movie just has, like, a weird meandering sort of sense to it um, mm-hmm. that, like, that doesn't totally work. And knowing that there is a writer's strike i was like oh okay because i definitely forgot about the part of this movie where in one scene um bruce wayne is like i'm gonna tell her and then like fakes his death in her apartment and doesn't do anything to help her in any way and then cut to she's just in the back, the back, and, yeah, and
0: he and he's he's greeting her in Levi's. There's just something about him wearing jeans in that scene that has always bothered me as like a, as like a kid. I was like, he's just down in there in like jeans and a neck. Like he's just got the Steve Jobs on. <laughs> But way before Steve Jobs like made this an iconic look that's what he's doing Uh, Steve Jobs watched Batman was like I'm Bruce Wayne I'm convinced (laughs) like I'd ask him but he's fucking dead can't do it
1: I wouldn't be shocked I would not be shocked by any means.
0: (laughs) um but yeah Alfred just lets her in and she's like wow this is a lot to deal with and he's like uh I was trying to tell you it's complicated and then there's this the one thing I do like is she's like, why why do you have to be the one to do this because like this is crazy. No one should dress up like a bat and go fight crime. And he's like, uh, if I don't do it, nobody else will. And we get to see the version of that that's true in that like not that Batman can do monumental things, but that when the Joker has like threatening the town with a bunch of poison, he's got the car that can just drive in and drop a bomb and drive off. <laughs> in a world where like the police definitely can't do that like he just goes and blows up a fucking factory like people are in there he he kills like dozens of joker's yeah. henchmen in this movie <laughs> yeah there's a point in this movie um because
1: like I, early on it's like oh he's dangling this guy off the roof but you don't you know he's not gonna actually kill him and then the movie ends with like Batman bombs Joker's hideout, throws two guys off the bell tower, and then also throws Joker off the bell tower. Yes.
0: You know? It's funny because it's like it's like the score at its most heroic as the Batmobile drives into this uh, chemical factory, drops a single bomb, and then drives out as like dozens of men explode. And uh, then it's revealed he's not even in the fucking car; (laughs) he's doing it. He's just like standing outside, like fucking playing his Game Boy version of this uh, as the car drives in. But that's that's like Batman's heroism is being a person who can drop a bomb and blow up a factory. And I think that's kind of cool. Movie's not about that at all. <laughs> um, yeah, the
1: movie. I don't really know what the movie thinks of Batman. It, in some ways, like it doesn't
0: like, like. I don't think Burton gives a shit, right? Like that's the secret. He he likes the melodrama of the characters. Uh, like his fixations really like, come out in the second movie. But like this is like a movie that's like presents itself as being about like a city that is like crumbling infrastructure and like reliant on organized crime to pick up the pace uh, of like failed governance. Because there's all stuff about the this thing's gone into debt and there's a decaying organized crime family. Joker comes in and is like I'm gonna throw the party. It's on me. I'm the Joker. Um mm-hmm. which could very easily be this like nightmare story about like libertarianism as like Bruce Wayne is the rich man and Joker but but who is like using his wealth in like actual ways versus the Joker who's throwing around like this wealth that he's stolen. Tim Burton thankfully is not a guy who's ever cared about any of this shit so it's not there, but it's all like on the ground in a way that's like this this could be a disaster. This script with someone else directing would have been a nightmare.
1: <laughs> this movie is like Principally about like ludicrous sound stages uh, that like seamlessly transition into background paintings. Like that's yes. what this movie is about. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, like, and that's no... that's part
0: is great. But, to be fair, like <laughs> the special effects in this movie are incredible, just good yes. across the
1: board. Yes. Um, this movie is also about just like thr- like there's just money on the screen in every shot, and also they commissioned a whole Prince album for
0: this. <laughs> it's Why? really funny because like there's n- the print stuff is really it. like i think it works in the parade but the mm. one in the art museum is like out of nowhere bat dance yeah. is even in the fucking movie
1: <laughs> that's what the
0: first time i heard bat dance i was like
1: is this in the movie i don't no. remember this being no, in the movie in the and movie. the answer is no no
0: yep it's weird cause, and it doesn't match the score at all like Danny Elfman's score is you know iconic uh reading mm-hmm. the the lengthy wikipedia about this movie uh basically Tim Burton just sent him uh the dark knight returns it was like read this make a so- make a soundtrack that sounds like this and that's what <laughs> that's what the thing he wrote is which is funny cuz i don't think this batman score lines up with my mental perception of dark knight returns at all but hey i'm not danny elfman
1: <laughs> i remember um I remember when I was a teen reading some quote from Tim Burton and like, so it's been like forever, but there was some quote from Tim Burton about like, oh yeah, The Killing Joke was the first time I could like read a comic and understand like, oh, this is the first panel and then I read this panel oh, next.
0: Yes, it's literally <laughs> in the Wikipedia page here. Uh, he goes, um, I can never tell which box i was supposed to read. I don't know if it was dyslexia or whatever, but that's why I love The Killing Joke because the first time I could tell which one to read, it's my favorite it's the first comic I ever loved.
1: And there's, like, none of the Killing Joke or Dark Knight Returns in this movie, I feel like. I guess they're kind of like, oh, Gotham is, like, a place of, like, murder and mayhem, but, like, I just don't see those books in this
0: movie at all. I I mean, I'm glad of this, because I think that that would have made the movie worse. The only thing I can get, get here is, like, Batman in this movie... Is, is it is more focused on him as a mythic figure who doesn't act, actually have to do a whole lot most of the time just no. showing up is enough to instill like fear and then he like pulls out a gadget does one thing because the suit can't fucking move at all and everyone's no. very impressed and they shoot it well enough that you can believe it and that's all that matters
1: <laughs> The 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 couple of scenes where like um him and Vicky Vale are like running through like alleyways and stuff are hilarious because he can't fucking move. Like yeah. he has to keep his whole body like perfectly upright at yes. all times.
0: <laughs> yeah. He has no, he has no neck, er, like head movement, neck movement. Uh, the, the suit seems really rigid. Also, whenever they just show his face, the suit, the, the cowl is so like heavy that there's just gaps around his like, chin the entire and face the entire time it's just it just looks bad when it's like well lit and watching like a you know an HD copy of this definitely like does not help that stuff and it's very funny um it also his like moves as Batman like right at the beginning is show up get shot and then reveal that he is not actually when you shoot him he does not die it's like (laughs) he does it like seven times (laughs) there's there's one one of his dramatic things is literally to fall from a great height and then pretend to be dead (laughs) that's that's a thing he does and it works
1: it keeps working my favorite was like because i was noticing it i was like he's been like he's pretended to be dead like four times in this movie i think and then like when you get to the scene um of him in vicky vale's apartment and like he gets shot and i was like oh my god he's not even in costume but he's just pretending to be dead
0: in in this
1: he doesn't even get anything done. He just enters and then leaves the seat again.
0: <laughs> Which I understand, like, he can't do a whole lot, but it is very funny that his he, um, all of his dramatic moments are just, like, almost like horror movie gags of, like, ah, the killer's been destroyed. No, he's sitting up. He's doing the Michael Myers. Um mm-hmm. But then you get the, like, once the action is happening uh, briefly at the end of the movie, you get the Indiana Jones thing, because the suit can't move, of guy shows up, does a bunch of cool martial arts moves, and then Batman punches him down a shaft.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You do get, like, so much of this movie is also just, like, you know, uh, I'm up and down on Tim Burton as a director, but, like, so much of this movie is just about, like, oh, Tim Burton just really likes, like, german expressionist films and so he's gonna like try to do that and like oh uh tim burton really likes vertigo so he put the vertigo staircase in this movie yes (laughs) shit like that yeah for sure um it's 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 weird because like i like i say i don't love watching this movie but i do really love like oh i it I like all the individual parts. They just kind of don't come together a lot of the time for me, I guess, is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. Um... It's weird because, like, I, this is not my preferred Joker, obviously. I think the mechanics of the plot don't really work. The thing that's always bothered me, this has bothered me since I was a kid. It bothers me now. Y- you get the dramatic reveal of the fucking bat plane. Someone in the Discord was like, ah, I, it's, it's the bat wing. I'm going to call it the bat plane. I'm sorry. It's just what I'm going to do. You get the dramatic reveal of the bat plane. It's fucking sick. It's like a flying saucer. It steals all of Joker's balloons. He pouts, where's all my balloons? Uh, he already stole all my balloons. That's a great line. I love it. Mm-hmm. Flies up, makes the silhouette of the bat symbol against the moon. That's fucking sick. Comes that's great. down. Down, gets shot with a single <laughs> revolver bullet. Plane smashes directly into the fucking church. What the hell? <laughs> I <laughs> and remember it's, when it, I was a kid thinking, like, is it because that gun is really
1: long? Does yeah, that make it a better the, the gun? Thing,
0: <laughs> the thing is, that he pulls out a he pulls out a gun, and it's got a ludicrously long, like, cartoon barrel. But that doesn't make bullets more powerful. <laughs> That's not how guns work. <laughs> Um, and, and so he shoots it. And then we also find out that like later the, 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 that gun is like telescoping or whatever. Cause it like goes back. He collapses it back down. I don't yeah. think that gun would fire in the first place, but, uh, <laughs> it takes out the bat plane single shot. Just boom. Done it. Nailed it. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Batman's locking on his like targeting computer machine guns to the Joker. Misses every shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind gonna- of. It's bothered. It's bothered me for fucking 30 years. I fucking hate it.
1: Another thing that happened was that I had a moment as he's firing on him with the machine guns. I was like, is he purposefully trying to miss? Is it like, oh, he's Batman, he doesn't kill people? And then I remember, oh right, five minutes ago he blew up 30 dudes.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does not give a (laughs) shit. He would totally kill the joker. He's trying to kill the joker. He then goes on to kill the Joker later.
1: I was, like, trying to remember how the movie goes. I was like, is he really reluctant to kill the Joker? And then, yeah, I just remember, like, oh, right, he just killed 30 guys. Like, he doesn't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why also, is he Joker- missing? the
0: Joker killed his parents, because in this story, the Joker killed his parents.
1: <laughs> <sighs> it's really funny that, like, I also didn't remember that he has to, like, stop and tell the Joker, you killed my parents. Like, like I'm going to kill you, but first, let me tell you my origin story, Joker. <laughs> I forgot that part.
0: <laughs> yep. The, uh, the I made you, you made me stuff that Joker has at the end, that is probably the stuff that's most like the killing joke, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um. Because that's not, like, a depiction of the Joker that existed in popular media uh, before this movie.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess that would be, it would be that, and it would just be the sort of way that, like, oh, these are, like, yeah, kind of, like, mythic foes, kind of, like, what you were saying Mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah. Um.
0: There's also, because of all this, there is a protracted sequence like 10 minutes uh, long, like deep, in, like oh two thirds in the movie where Vicki Vale and uh, Knox discover that the Waynes were murdered years ago. And Bruce was an orphan because everyone knows who Batman is in America. But unless you read comic books, you had no idea that Batman's parents were murdered. This is like the first time this has really been depicted as the Batman story, because like Batman 66 doesn't talk about this
1: well and it's weird because like um the movie opens on a fake out that
0: doesn't work unless you're a comic no unless you know yes yes (laughs) that might be the most modern book part of the entire movie actually
1: (laughs) (laughs) because the movie opens on some people like a man a, a wife and a child like leaving a movie theater and like you know um batman comes and saves them in the alleyway and i was like Oh, okay, so we're going to open on Bruce's parents getting murdered and, um, you know, Jack kills his parents and says, do you dance with the devil? No one says, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight until like an hour in?
0: <laughs> yeah. And then they have <laughs> like, to show the whole iconic... fucking flashback of him remembering that he said that or whatever. Yeah.
1: The big iconic line of the movie is until an hour in and then they have to backfill when they had a totally like... They could have just done that at the start instead yeah. of the fake out.
0: <laughs> yep. And because this is the first, like, it's so focused on, ah, oh, Br- Bruce is like an orphan. His parents are murdered whatever, by the Joker. None of the stuff about like the Wayne's mattering is in there. It's like totally divorced from that. That hasn't exist. That doesn't exist in the canon of this mm-hmm. world yet, which is really interesting to me. Cause like, if we get, if we get deeper past, past, the the you know the show the animated series we'll get into the world where Thomas Wayne is like a mythic figure in Batman I think that stuff sucks uh, I hate it fuck Thomas Wayne I've never cared about that he's dead <laughs> I I feel kind of strongly that
1: like um I never want to hear shit about Jor and I never want to hear shit about Thomas Wayne um like. <laughs> I just I feel think, very. I think strongly I'd rather hear
0: more about Jarell than Thomas Wayne, which is saying a lot because I also don't give a shit about Jarell. <laughs> Jarell is a is a head that is like <laughs> Clark's Wikipedia. That's all he has to be.
1: Yeah, Jarell should only ever be the disembodied head of Marlon
0: Brando, nothing <laughs> else. <laughs> or or like Jedi Warp Russell Crowe. That's, That's also acceptable. Good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Like, and I'm a person who really likes, you know, like, um, I love Aunt May as a character. I love Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben is a character who should just die and not come up again. But, like, um, I don't mind um, superheroes' parents. I just specifically don't care about, like, you know, Batman's surgeon dad who's
0: also a billionaire. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) There is an interesting thing in this movie uh, where... Uh, Alfred says to Bruce, I'm not going to bury the son, or I've buried, oh, like, old friends, I'm not going to bury their sons, implying that he was not the butler to the Waynes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't understand that line, because it's like, so, like were you also Thomas Wayne's, like, pseudo-dad? Like, what is going on there?
0: <laughs> yeah, were you and Thomas Wayne just, like, tight? And then you're like, I'm going to watch over his son, and the best way to do that is to act like I'm a butler. I, yeah, I don't understand it. Um,
1: I, I will say I do, like... uh the Alfred in this movie who's like kind of following Bruce around, like picking up his messes and like yes. pouring a glass of water
0: before Bruce even comes into the
1: room. That's like uh, a really
0: good Alfred. This is my favorite Alfred. Um I like the one in the show is really good, but I, I've always liked this one. Uh he's just super warm. Michael Goh is a great um great actor, you know? <laughs>
1: this is a really good Alfred. I'm also very fond of the um uh the The Snyder cut Alfred. Uh, yes, uh. yes,
0: yes, absolutely. Um, I've talked about that Alfred before on, uh, I guess, I guess, Voip Life. But yes, that Alfred's really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that Alfred. Michael <laughs> Caine Alfred get fucked. No I time hate, for that man. I hate him. Oh, I
1: hate him. Let me tell you a story and it'll sound profound because I have a British accent. Shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> yeah. The part here where they get they they have dinner in that ludicrously large room and Bruce is like, I, I don't think I've ever been in this room. Let's go have dinner somewhere else. And they just sit in the kitchen with Alfred and he tells embarrassing stories about Bruce Wayne as a kid. That's great. The, more Batman needs to be like that, please.
1: Yes. Um, the... <laughs> the the fucking dinner table scene i spent the whole like first half hour of this movie like all right when we get into that dinner table scene (laughs) it's one of my favorite things in a movie because they do they do it so well of like you shoot them and like you know close enough shots that you can't tell that they're they're sitting like really far away from each other and then they zoom out it's so good (laughs) yes
0: um uh, uh the the set design of Wayne Manor in general in these two movies the burden movies is so good because it just feels like the worst possible place for a person to live mm-hmm. it's just it's uh, just beautiful and cold and empty all the time
1: like the scene of um Knox and Vicky Vale like wandering around the mansion and then like Bruce Wayne like kind of walking up <laughs> behind them yes. um and saying you know I bought it in Japan yes um and like he clearly doesn't even care about this stuff. Like he's not bothered by them talking shit about his cool suits of armor. <laughs> yeah, give Nox a grant. <laughs> <laughs> give Nox a grant. <laughs> he's such an asshole.
0: Uh, I think Nox is a really cool character. I wish he was like I don't think he's from like he's just for this movie. Um He's just good. I think I wish there were this character existed more in like Batman stuff, but like when Batman's about like oh does the Batman really exist? It's always wrapped around the police in a way that this movie doesn't give a shit about. Yeah. Um, the, this stu- movie ends with oh he got us a signal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. He sent a signal. Uh, great. Fantastic. The bat. The bat signal is weirdly the one of the Batman accoutrements. because some people are like I don't really like uh, Jackson was talking about it. I don't really like the, I don't know if I like the Batmobile and I'm like how do you not know like the Batmobile? I don't like the bat signal. That's my thing. I think it's hokey.
1: I I like any scene where Jim Gordon is standing on a rooftop smoking a cigarette and like
0: (laughs) that part is true but I think he could do that with a fucking telephone Uh, it doesn't need a giant (laughs) light that shines up in the sky (laughs) it
1: it definitely um, I'm pro bat signal but it definitely like it breaks a lot of stories because it means that like Either no one believes uh, that Batman is real, but Gordon keeps this thing around anyway. Yes. (laughs) Or everybody just... (laughs) The
0: the Bat-Signal definitely has to exist in a world after everyone knows Batman is real, right? You can't have one without the other. But... I think it's specifically in movie like because i grew up with these movies that's the thing that i really hate is the the way that the signal looks and this movie is like it's just a matte painting or whatever it's like an animated Mm -hmm. element we get to like batman forever and it's like they try to make it realistic so it's just diffuse and like shitty looking and if there wasn't cloud cover you wouldn't fucking see it
1: (laughs) yeah that's the other thing (laughs) it doesn't make any
0: fucking sense like it it works fine in comic books it works fine in animation but like the practicality of the commissioner of the police is going to stand up on a roof shine a light in the sky and just fucking hope the man is looking uh is is wild to me give him a fucking cell phone
1: (laughs) um the other (laughs) the other thing uh you could do is you could, for example, fly a bunch of police blimps around the city twenty four seven, so that if you, yeah. start, if you need to, if you need to get
0: Batman's attention, you can
1: like shine the light on one of the blimps. That would work, I guess. You
0: you haven't seen Batman Returns, right? No, I have not. Okay, yeah, I don't. I don't want to. There's a bit about the Bat segment of that movie. I don't want to spoil it for you. You can enjoy <laughs> okay. that when we get to that movie. <laughs> okay, I will definitely be talking about it because I think about it all the time. So. um Um, yeah that signals goofy uh you know but like the rest of it like the batmobile's sick the batmobile shows up it's like a cool tank it it, it can armor itself um it's remote controlled which is way more impressive in 1989 than it would be today
1: (laughs) the special effects on when the shields go up are so hokey but they really work i I love them yeah they're so
0: good uh Tech Watch: Batman has a grappling hook that he does not have in the animated series where we're at yet.
1: Yeah, but he's going to get it in the animated series. Yeah, yeah. So, yes.
0: <laughs> I mean, that is my my vision of Batman is pulling out that grapple gun and sh- the way the sound it makes when he shoots it out, like in the animated series, like that's Batman to me. That's fucking <laughs> Batman. <laughs> I also forgot how good the. Um, gag is of, like, he asked
1: Vicky Vale how much she weighs so that he can get his grappling hook, right? As if it's not just, you know, like, oh, this is my magic grappling hook. You know? Yes. Because that's how, you know, the show and the um... Any video oh. games, it's just kind of magic, you know. Yes, he,
0: he also has the fall away like rock tunnel that uh is straight out of sixties Batman to get oh, into the yeah. cave when he's driving, which is good. But like with the most like rousing gothic score as they drive through the, the woods to go through his fake rock wall. Like the build up <laughs> to that reveal is ludicrous. The
1: they spin so they do so many shots of just like here's the Batmobile coming around a turn. Here's the Batmobile on a straightaway through some trees. Here's it coming over a hill that just feels like an ad for a toy, like, yes. "Hey kids, buy this."
0: <laughs> um, I definitely had some a bunch of toys from this uh this movie. I did not unfortunately have the Bob action figure with like karate kick action cuz I I know that that's a figure that existed. I Bob's always been a weird addition to this movie. He was just a guy Tim Burton knew and liked put him in like a friend of his, he put in the movie. Uh, he's Joker's number one guy.
1: <laughs> I did have a moment just now. Where? I didn't know that that guy's name was Bob, and so when you said a Bob action figure, I was like, Twin
0: Peaks? No, Bob the Goon. <laughs> That's his, like, character name in this movie.
1: Oh, right. Okay, I... Okay, yes, yes. The one that... The one that Joker shoots, and I, yeah, I got, like, the a the guy has, like, a,
0: like, long hair, yeah. Bob. Uh...
1: That guy's fun. That guy uh really like just stole my heart when um he was like all yes, sir to uh uh the Joker, and then he gets killed. And I was it was kind of a bummer. I was like surprised. I was like, oh, I kinda like that guy.
0: <laughs> In one of the drafts of this movie, the part where like uh Grissom says to Jack, like when he's sending him out, he's like, You're my number one guy, and then he says that to Bob. And much like Grissom, he betrays his like you know, his, his number one henchman for really petty reasons would be like a part of the character arc. It's not, it's just a thing that a writer was really proud of and like made it into the movie just out of inertia. But is no one making the movie is aware of that being true. (laughs) Um, gosh,
1: also nothing with Grissom matters. There's so much Grissom stuff and none of it matters.
0: Yes. (laughs) I do. I love the sequence where afterwards, uh, Joker's taking over all of the mob family or whatever, and he he that one guy's like, "I'm out," and he shakes oh, his hand yeah. with a buzzer, and he turns into just the most gruesome like charred skeleton. I love that scene. I love when he's talking to the skeleton. He goes, "I'm glad you're dead," and bursts out laughing. I think it's so good.
1: <laughs> I was thinking of that earlier when I mentioned the like um, German expressionism stuff because the other thing that you can feel so clearly uh, is uh, him just being Burton being really into like. 30s universal monster movies like it yes. just feels straight yeah. out of that shit um yeah yeah uh,
0: and that's that's when the joker stuff i think is the best is when he is like uh, interacting with those characters and being like way too much for them um yeah good.
1: i'm i'm not like if i was gonna do a batman story i would not you know have uh joker affiliated with the mob in the way that he is in this movie but um I think it works here, and I think, like, it's really fun as, like, a person who kind of cares about 80s Batman, who's, like, starts out, like, beating up on, like, mom guys like this and graduates to be- beating up on guys like the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, so having those guys in this movie is a lot of fun, you know? Yeah
0: um, um there was <laughs> oh there's one other thing i was gonna say about this so now I, oh i also like that joker twice uses like flesh-colored makeup to make himself look normal oh it's hideous <laughs> it's a good bit
1: it's a, it's a good bit it's like purposefully hideous but it's yes. oh i hate it so much yes <laughs> um i also really like uh the convoluted like joker double betrays the mob because he like kills one of the guys in private and then he's like you know what i'm gonna kill the rest of them in front of everybody
0: (laughs) we only we only see really the one guy that he stabs the pen though like most of that stuff is just like not a Mm -hmm. plot point he just says he's gonna do it this movie does not actually care about the plot that is being written for this movie (laughs) no no absolutely not um but yeah, that stuff's all really good. And, you know, we get the stuff with the the Joker, the Love That Joker commercial, which is great. And then, like, a Jokerfish-style story, which is, at this, even at this point, a classic Joker tale. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, the, the plot stuff is, like, pulling... Like, I, I see where it's pulling from, like, really clearly. It's just put together in ways that are really weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, like I say, it's just kind of, like, paced weirdly, and, like, um, things don't come together or have, like, connective tissue a lot of the time
0: Mm -hmm. you know yeah um i think the joker should be immune from joker toxin yeah that should be the, the thing, right? This In this movie, he puts on a gas mask at the parade. Uh, and also in uh, Last Laugh, when we watched like last week, he also has that bubble helmet. Joker seemingly is not immune from his own toxin. I assume the whole thing is that it's the same chemicals that made him the Joker. But this implies that that's not true and that it's something else.
1: Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but that yeah, it should just be that he's fine, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would think so. In the same way, like later, uh, there's like a famous, uh, like the Harley and Ivy episode of the animated series where she like inoculates um, Harley against all the poisons. She's like, I'm immune to all these poisons, but you will die in living here if you live with me and gives Mm -hmm. her a shot. And I'm like, Joker should just be immune to Joker toxin. I think it's weird that he's not. (laughs) (laughs) I also also think that Vicky Vale holding that little respirator up to her face wouldn't save her from Joker toxin. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's a it's weird um because she does that and then also um uh knocks like gets into his trunk and has like a one of those like painter's masks yes. and that's just like makes you impervious to joker toxin apparently also i don't know what was he doing there he just like Gets into his car, grabs a mask and a stick, and starts running at people. I could not tell like, yeah, what he was I, going I for. I don't know.
0: Him. And then he, <laughs> then he, he was originally supposed to die, and then they just liked him enough. They're like, ah, we'll let him. We'll, we'll, we'll like show that he survived getting hit with a car. Um, but weird. he's never, you never to be seen again.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a weird movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just a mess. It's really, I think it's an interesting mess. I like when movies are messes. Um, mm-hmm. but like you know, this movie's like long, especially for the era and a ton of things happen in it, but like very little of it holds together Then you know, the Joker and the Batman are going to fight and then the Joker's going to die and then he's going to, they're going to pull out that laughing bag and it's going to be cool. That part's sick. Yeah. <laughs> no complaints about that bit. <laughs> uh Shot themselves in the foot by not ever being able to bring back the Joker like immediately. Like, nope, no, no, no more Joker. Uh, Batman
1: movies love doing that. And like, admittedly, like, one of the one Batman series like was kind of like forced into that. Um, I don't know. I always had a weird theory because like <laughs> Dark Knight Rises is a bad movie. Um, yeah, and the stuff that Bane does in that movie, where he's like, I just have a bomb and I'm gonna set blow up the city for fun, doesn't make any sense unless it was like, oh, we had an idea for another Joker story and then we couldn't do it, so we just brought in
0: somebody else. Um, That movie's weird. It's a weird fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. um, specifically, if I remember correctly, they were going to do a Joker flashback in the third – when when, it, when the third movie was going – or maybe it was the fifth movie. When they were going to do the Scarecrow, the Scarecrow toxin was going to cause a Joker flash – like a hallucination, and they were going to bring back the Joker that way because huh. they fucking killed him. <laughs> Um, because inexplicably, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin are sequels to this film, even though
1: it doesn't make any goddamn sense. (laughs) You didn't have to do that.
0: No, you definitely didn't have to do that. Um.
1: Ah, yeah, it's such a bummer that we don't get Billy Dee Williams, uh, Two-Face in that movie. I, I like Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face in that, in those movies well enough, but, um.
0: Come we'll on. talk about it because I I think that's yeah. my least favorite part of that movie. So we'll get there.
1: <laughs> I you know what I couldn't tell you at this point if I like Tommy Lee Jones in that movie or if I like thinking about I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Could not tell you.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I think he's uh, hamming it up in a way. He, I think I think t- we'll get. Well, when we talk about Two Face, we'll talk about it more. But I think Two Face is probably the best Batman villain, and I don't like when he is a clown. Uh, at all so <laughs> yes
1: yes because like there are a lot of batman villains like the riddler who kind of like turn into clowns and like yeah Two-Face i don't mind when the
0: riddler's be... a clown because i like a puzzle i like solving puzzles you can do that all day
1: yeah absolutely like i think the riddler as a clown works totally fine i just think that like two-face is a really good villain and if you make him another clown like what are we fucking doing here yes you know yeah
0: <clears throat> Um anyway I guess we're uh unless you have anything else about this movie specifically we're probably no, wrapping it up. Um it was fun to revisit. I hadn't seen it in um a couple of years. The last time I saw it was at a movie theater which you know was at least a while ago but oh um, jeez caught a repertory screening of it and uh i remember i i've always liked this movie i i like i like returns more in a lot of ways but also i find returns tedious in tim burton ways um <laughs> and we'll talk about that eventually but um we have a question we ha- we solicited questions in the discord if you want to hang out in the abnormal mapping slash export audio discord we just all uh i was like ah if you want to send questions send them in and i have mm-hmm. one question from regs uh which is um bat dance or party man
1: uh, probably Party Man.
0: I I think I think I'd have to also go Party Man.
1: They're both good. I do really like them both. Uh, but I I think I think Party Man.
0: Yeah, um, Bad Dance is fine, but I think Party Man's co- I think Party Man's cool. I think divorced from it being a, like a supposedly a dramatic part of the movie, and suddenly the Joker's painting a bunch of works of art. I think the like montage is like neat. Um, but
1: yeah. I really like uh jack nicholson doesn't work for me in that scene all the time but the henchmen do the henchmen yes. are having a great time <laughs>
0: the, the guy who's doing like the ballet walk towards the painting and like painting th- on it is i love that guy that guy rules. i was
1: thinking of that guy specifically <laughs>
0: yes um
1: yeah. or or when he's like no, no 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 leave this one i like it yes <laughs> that, that was one's good. also really
0: good yeah um but yeah, uh I guess in the future if you want to send questions, you can send them to either uh normal at gmail.com or what's your email address for
1: Export, export. Audio com.
0: Yeah, and maybe we'll do it like when we if we get enough questions, we'll just do like a question episode every once in a while. Who knows? Yeah. If you have Batman question emails, any questions whatever, just send them and we'll answer them when we feel like we have enough to talk like do a segment.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Um Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Um Worst case scenario, like, if we don't have a ton of questions, when we do our Batman Returns episode, we'll, like, answer, yeah. you know, any sporadic questions we get, so.
0: Yeah. Um But, yeah, feel free to send those in whenever. If you want to suggest, like, good short Batman runs, uh, you can send them to me. I'd love to uh, know. Um, I've never read the Grant Morrison Batman. If you could just, like, let me know which ones of those I should read, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, feel free. Because, yeah, like I was saying earlier, I've been kind of, like wanting to read batman comics and kind of like bouncing around between a hundred different things if somebody wants to tell me like don't tell me the obvious stuff don't tell me to read you know year one like i've read a lot i've of...
0: read year one like 10 times
1: <laughs> easy like don't tell me the obvious stuff tell me like oh I really like when this writer was working on detective comics from like 1992 to 1994. Like, tell me that sort of shit, you know? I mean, um,
0: you know, if you've got something a little more uh, obvious than that, uh, you know, send them to me. That's fine. You know, pick, <laughs> pick who you want to send them to and um, me and Autumn will just compare notes or whatever. Because um, like I've read the, a lot of the big stories, but there's like, like has, I haven't read the Grant Morrison stuff. That would be obvious to, I think, everyone. But I've just never, I just it just missed me. I, I never really liked Grant Morrison that much. so I didn't seek it out, so...
1: I've read parts of Grant Morrison, and I think sometime soon I want to, like, push through the stuff that I wasn't caring for to get to uh, the Dick Graceman, uh, Damian Wayne, Batman and Robin book. Yeah. Because, like, I don't super care about that first trade paperback of uh, Grant Morrison Batman stuff, but there is stuff I know I'm going to care about, so I might just, like, push through, you know? Yeah.
0: Anyway, we'll be back next week, uh, and we'll be watching Pretty Poison, the fifth episode of the Animated Series. Uh, we're
1: going to meet Molly. Um, Sure. That's a joke that doesn't make sense to anyone, but it's fine. I mean,
0: it makes sense to me. I just roll yeah. my eyes a little bit at it. That's all. You can audibly <laughs> hear me roll my eyes at it. Um, until next time, you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can find most of my podcasts at normalmapping.com um You know, we've got an episode on Metroid Prime Two coming out soon. uh Look forward to that. I'm really excited for it. I finished that game yesterday, and uh, I thought you were just playing that for fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're doing that's our. Do you not? We we literally list what we're playing next every month. No,
1: no, no. I I um I listened. Do you listened to, to
0: abnormal Mapping.
1: <laughs> I listened to the episode, but I was on the the 4 a.m. train, and so like. I was kind of like drifting in and out of consciousness. I actually was going to like re-listen to it this week. Cause like, I don't think I've retained any of this and this is like my favorite podcast. So I'm going <laughs> to. Okay. All right. Plugs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore coffee. You can find all my other podcasts at exportodds.io. just today. Regs and I recorded uh, a new episode of hot singles that, uh, that podcast took a little bit of a break uh, for the summer, but we're cu- not the summer anyway we are back with that um sure. that'll be out uh probably a couple of days after this podcast is up so look forward to that it's a really good episode we uh <clears throat> the premise for people who don't know is that regs and i like i pick an album they pick an album we talk about it you know so it's good shit
0: yeah uh, this podcast, of course, you can find at odd.io slash Batman. Uh, new episodes come out every Monday. If you're listening to the free feed, you can get episodes a week early. You can listen to the next episode right away if you go to the Patreon, exportaud.io and give a dollar, and you'll get all the Export Audio podcasts early. Yeah. Um, so you know look forward to that uh send emails of course about batman suggestions and i'll look at them and uh, try to read some uh batman's fun to think about i'm, I'm like damn comic books but only batman
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hang out and chat you can also um i figured i should touch on this there is a uh, export chat in the abnormal mapping discord because like this week i was seeing like some talk in podcasts and some talk in comics and like i just wanted to like this should go in keep, export chat <laughs> I will keep an eye out but if you want me to make sure I actually see like Gotham Talk put it in export chat because there is a good chance I will miss it anywhere else so yeah. if
0: you would like a link to the abnormal Mapping Discord for some reason you don't have one you can go to com and uh, export chat is there yeah because um, I guess we just take in uh, export audio at some point we just did that <laughs> we just became like the little sister network at some that's point that's fine I don't <laughs> mind um. That's it. We'll be back next time. I, I'm definitely gonna make you put in bat dance or something, or party oh, man. So that's
1: that's the plan. Don't even worry. Don't even worry. <laughs> Good. We're out of here. Bye, Batman.